From Toronto, Canada, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrin. Thanks for inviting me into your home, long-haul truck, RV, camper, taxi, your parents' basement, your loft, that greasy spoon just off the interstate, and your cabin in the woods. Hi to all of you listening in on our flagship station here in Toronto, Zoomer Radio, AM 740 and 96.7 FM in the Liberty Village neighborhood. Uh, hi to all of you checking us out on one of our affiliate stations, uh, the podcast, of course, at Stitcher Radio, iTunes, TuneIn.com, TalkZone.com. The, uh, the apps, the uh, Zoomer Radio app and the Conspiracy Show app, both free downloads available for your Android or iPhone device. Uh, and uh, those of you, of course, checking us out on the, the live YouTube stream and those of you in our YouTube chat, Welcome to all of you. Incidentally, if you would uh, like to uh, check us out on the uh, the YouTube stream, just go to the channel, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett, and please take a moment and hit the subscribe button and also the like button. That helps us get more subscriptions or subscribers. Uh, we have set a uh, modest goal of 10,000 subs by, uh, well, sometime in 2017, and we're a little over halfway there, so we can do it with your help. Again, the YouTube channel is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett, and be sure to hit the sub button. Incidentally, we've sort of um, instituted a new, a new weekly feature on the YouTube channel. Every Thursday, we go back into the archives. We call it Throwback Thursday, and uh, Ryan White posts one of the old, the old chestnuts, uh, an oldie but a goodie. Uh, so, however, and wherever you're listening, I bid thee, the warmest of welcomes, and I thank you for your fine company. Open lines now until the bottom of the hour. Open lines, keeping in mind, of course, tonight is our special program on electronic harassment, organized stalking, uh, psychotronic uh, torture, if you will. Looking to hear from uh, either uh, victims, people who believe they are victims of electronic harassment, organized stalking, or just uh, for those of you listening, would love to hear your, your feedback on what you think of what you're hearing so far from our panelists, Dr. John Rappaport, or sorry, John Rappaport and Dr. John Hall, uh, Michael Fitzhugh Bell. And again, just a reminder, a little bit later at the bottom of the hour, in fact, we will be joined from Los Angeles by private investigator Roger Tolsis, who um, specializes in electronic countermeasures. So if you believe that you are being targeted, particularly with the electronic harassment or the psychotronic torture, you'll want to hear that because he'll offer hopefully some, some, some workable, uh, achievable solutions or things that may at least help to relieve some of the, uh, the symptoms. All right. Let me give you the phone numbers because those are always very handy when we're doing a talk show. It's uh, for the greater Toronto area, 416-360-0740. Three six zero zero seven forty, and then toll free from just about anywhere. One eight six six seven forty four seven forty. Again, toll free from just about anywhere. One eight six six seven forty four seven forty. So if you could limit your your calls to our tonight's discussion, which centers around targeted individuals, organized stalking, electronic harassment. All right, uh, just a programming note while we're waiting for the uh, the phone calls to come in. Uh, next week on the program, uh, we are uh, talking about 
a possible asteroid impact in uh, what year is it, Albert? Is it 2029? 2029, people are predicting it, yeah. And uh, we have uh, Derek Gilbert, who's uh, with Skywatch TV. He'll uh, be joining us. We'll have our panel, of course. Uh, The topic is TBA. Uh, But uh, George Freund, of course, our good friend from Conspiracy Cafe, will be uh, joining us along with Megan Barth from ReaganBabe.com. And uh, also on that uh, program, Dave Schrader. Uh, my uh, my colleague from Coast to Coast AM who sits in on uh, weekends or Friday from time to time on Coast and also is the host of his own program called Darkness Radio. Uh, he will join us in uh, the late later stages of the program and we'll, uh, we'll talk all things paranormal. He's been on some fascinating uh, paranormal investigations and he'll share some of those uh, with us. And, uh, and then the following week, uh, we're going to do, I think we're going to do uh, the full two hours on uh, Roswell. I know uh, the anniversary was a little earlier this month, uh, but it would have been the 70th anniversary of the uh, the alleged crash of um, not one, but two. There were probably two separate uh, crashes uh, near Roswell, New Mexico. Uh, many believe uh, it was an extraterrestrial craft of some sort, not simply a... Uh, an experimental weather balloon. Uh, so we'll have uh, Don Schmidt, one of the uh, the top Roswell investigators, and of course our good friend Victor Vigiani from Zealand News Network. That's uh, in two weeks' time uh, for the full two hours. All right, let's uh, get my call screener going here, and we will begin. Let me see. We have um, now these people. I don't have a name, but they may be choosing to to, uh, to be anonymous. But uh, let's let's go with line one. Uh, Will I'm not sure who's on that line. Let's go with uh, line one. Hello. Good evening. Good morning. Hey, Tony. Welcome to the Conspiracy Show. Is it Tony? Yes, Tony. Hi, Tony. I I had problems with that stalking and psychological harassment and psychological torture. Since I was a graduate student at Michigan State University in 1986, I had applied for some federal government jobs, like with David Taylor Naval Labs, Aberdeen Proving Ground, and the CIA. And these people started in 86 following me around and trying to, I guess, trying to scare me. Well... The so it began in 1986 while you were at university. Yeah. And you you believe that it was perhaps connected to your applications to various government agencies, including the CIA. Yes. And so it, it was uh, you were being surveilled. Uh, what other forms of harassment uh, were you subjected to? Was there any electronic harassment? Um, any organized gang stalking? Uh, some students following me around at MSU kind of reminded me of the Mod, Mod Squad, you know, the TV show. They oh, were following yes. me around and making remarks like, uh, the bigger they are, the harder they fall, and one slip in your history, and stuff like that. And and I, did, did you know these students prior? Um, no. No. When I moved back to Toledo, another group of people were picking on me including my my two brothers. I had to move in with my mother because I was too sick to work. And my two brothers would also try making uh, insulting remarks at me. One of them referred to a man named David Schultz. 
who attacked me in the latrine in the army in 77. And he, he called me a woman and everything. I guess they thought I was a coward because I dropped out of Michigan State University. And is this is this uh, organized gang stalking continuing to this day? Does it still happen? Yeah, there, there is some, I think they, they might be uh, Polish-American people from my old neighborhood. They, I don't know, they're bragging that they, they can keep women from talking to me because they want a girlfriend or a wife, you know. And I, they, they make all these threats like they're, they're running women away from me. So you'll be out in a public place and these people will approach you and start to say these things to you? Oh, they, they heckle my house. I, I don't get out much because I'm almost in a wheelchair. I use a walker and I'm almost in a wheelchair so I, I don't really go too many go out much. Hmm. Yeah, they, people have, uh, they were using like a, something like an electronic, electronic black marker to rub out parts of letters that I was writing to somebody, like a, one or two women in Russia, and uh, it just seems like the black, kind of black marker would appear on the, TV, on the computer screen and blot out, you know, paragraphs, or sometimes even the whole letter. So you were sending emails uh, to to Russia, um, yeah. and part of the email was being almost like it was being redacted. Right. Yeah. All right. And and do you have anyone in your immediate circle, family or friends that that you can trust that uh, believe you, or are you pretty much isolated at this point? I know. I live with my mother. I I, I, I don't know. She. The, the handyman that comes over to you know fix up the house for her, he, he was talking me down too. Just trying to say he's not disabled, he's just lazy, and I, it seems like my mother don't seem to want me to have a girlfriend, or he, she he, she don't want any girls coming to the house to socialize with me. Hmm. Yeah. Well, Tony, listen, I'm I'm terribly sorry for what you're going through. Um, I hope that you'll listen a little bit later when we have Roger Tolsis on the program, and hopefully he can, um, I'll ask him, you know, if he has any remedies for people, for example, that uh, are victims of organized stalking. In the meantime, uh, Tony, all I can say is I hope that you can you can connect with somebody who you can trust, who believes you, and uh, it sounds to me like you need a friend. Right, yeah. All right, Tony. I hope you'll continue to listen to this program, and I'm thinking about you. All right? God bless you. Thank you very much, and God bless you, too. All right. All right, when we come back, more of our open line segment till the bottom of the hour, 416-360-0740, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. If you've got a line, hold on to it. We'll talk soon. The owners of The System are asleep. Now we can play The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett. Welcome back. Open lines until the bottom of the hour. And then Roger Tolsis, a private investigator based in Los Angeles, will join us to talk about electronic countermeasures. Uh, this is our, our special uh, two-hour program on targeted individuals, electronic harassment, organized uh, gang stalking. All right, let's say hello to a guy who's checking in from Arizona. Guy, welcome to The Conspiracy Show. Good morning. How are you? 
Yeah, uh, hello, sir. I'm, I'm out here in uh, Arizona, and um, actually before Arizona, I've lived in California and Nevada. But, um, you know, what I wanted to bring up, I, I've, I've been a, a victim of this uh, voice-in-the-air harassment over 35 years, uh, ever since the military and the Postal Service, and I'm an ex-postal worker. And uh, I just wanted to bring up, in my case, who was doing it. I won't say their name, but I'll just say that they, you know, while I was married for 28 years, I had these uh, very unusual people moved in the house behind me, and they have uh, flags on their house and car and groups of people over on the weekend. And um, uh, my suspicions are that this is uh, something to do with InfraGuard. You know, they just appear overly patriotic. And, um, you know, I, the, the guy is, uh, at the time, and I still hear his voice to this day, like when I try to go to sleep, I, you can hear him talking in the air as if he's in the room next to me. Uh, I'd have to say the weapon they're using is either like voice of God weapon or remote neural monitoring with me. But that's just what I want to get out on on this is that I, I believe that this is uh, caused by InfraGuard. I did do a, a higher detective to find out uh, who's paying these people. And um, they found out they're getting a government check every two weeks for about $1,000. So that's another thing I believe, um, you know, they're doing, or what I saw in their bank account anyway. And they don't work all day, these neighbors. This is a full-time job with them. It's not just one person. They've got the whole family in on it. And, you know, I can hear the whole family's voice in the air. One person will get tired, then you'll hear the other voice. And um, So they're using what's called V2K, or voice-to-skull technology. And there are, for those people listening who don't believe this, there are patents for this available online. We know this technology exists. There's no question about that. And this, this came out in the in the early 1970s. So... Here we are almost 40 years later. Imagine how sophisticated this, some of this equipment could be now. This is, would enable someone to uh, basically place their voice right in your skull so no one else could hear it. This is not an auditory hallucination. Well, well, this I, is, I may disagree because uh, uh, I experience a, a rude behavior campaign, and you know the only way that the other people can, are, are cooperating with this uh, rumor campaign and the character assassination is they hear it. They these people are talking to them, like voice in the air, or, or maybe you say directly to their mind. And the next thing you know, you'll they'll re- be repeating the latest slander about me. You know, he he had a prostitute or whatever, whatever the slander is. You know, right. and and it just seems to me that some sort of like law enforcement behavior modification program, I believe, is uh, a big part of this also. And uh, I can explain what happened to me also at the end of my postal career. I started filing charges with the police. I said, I'm being harassed, uh, satellite uh, harassment, terrorism, and, um, you know, as I explained, voice in the air and rude behavior campaign, and it's caused by ex-neighbors. And after about four or five charges of them, my uh, Postal Service employee uh, manager brought me into the office and says, well, we've got to give you three, ty- three, three months off and see your psychiatrist. And, you know, it, 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 the law enforcement will not acknowledge this, and, and they cooperate with it. So that's why I, I uh, you know, other than a group effort, I, I don't bother filing charges with law enforcement because they seem to know about this and cooperate with this. So I just wanted to bring those facts up as to what's happened with me over the years. I appreciate that, Guy. Do you have do you have friends and family that uh, that you trust, or have they isolated you? What's going uh, on with you? I'm, I'm about 61 now. Um 
Yeah, I have my three daughters. I talk with them. I talk to a few girlfriends online every now and then. I, you know, um, you know, but yeah, it's 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 gotten to be a lot. You know, I'm still lucky. I'm still working. That's one fortunate thing. Many of the people are not able to work with this stuff because there's a lot of workplace mobbing and rude behavior at work. And I'm just fortunate that I've been able to put up with it and uh, continue on here to where I can get Social Security, you know, I, 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 any time now. So, um, yeah, I just want to throw that in. There is a lot of workplace mobbing as well. All right, Guy, thank you for, uh, for sharing your experiences with you. And, uh, again, I'm, I'm terribly sorry for your predicament. And um, I hope you'll continue to listen to the program and, and uh, check in with us once in a while to let us know how you're doing. Thank you. All right. Uh, let's say hi to uh, D.S. in Kentucky. D.S., welcome to The Conspiracy Show. Good morning. Hello. Thank you. So what's your story, D.S.? What's happening with you? Uh, well, um, can I just first address, like, the credibility issue, <laughs> just for listeners out there that, are, that aren't victims? <laughs> yes, please. Uh, um, I've written five novels. Um, I've been called one of the finest novelists the Commonwealth has ever produced. Um, I'm also a master woodworker make gorgeous furniture, picture frames, you know, one-offs. Um, I do leather work. I'm a leathersmith and, uh, and an inventor as well. So I just want to get that off the table, first of all. All right, I appreciate that. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, I've been a, a victim of this for at least t- since 2001 when uh, I had, like, an onslaught of health issues that – were just completely unexplained by, you know, and in my 1,846 pages of medical records across like a three-year period, there were 73 doctors listed. Oh, my. Um, What sort of illnesses? ever offered any, even tried to explain what was happening to me. What was happening to you? Oh, um, I I developed a blood condition out of the blue and started having blood clots. Um, which I'm medicated to this day for, or else, I mean, if I come off the blood thinning medication, I will get a blood clot because I once thought, hey, I can stop taking this stuff, and I learned within a month I couldn't. Um, I had a bone deformation. Um, I started having heart arrhythmia and uh, ended up flatlining at one point, so now I've got a pacemaker. Um, and you, do you believe uh, was having syncope episodes and passing out? I passed out once when I was driving and came to in a ditch. Oh my! And my, DS, my truck. DS, do you believe or do you know for certain that these illnesses were brought on uh, by some sort of psychotronic weapon? Um, I would, I would, you know, if if I had to say yes or no, and someone told me over the edge of a cliff, I'd say yes, and I think that'd be give me the better chance of not getting dropped. Um, so I would bet my life on it. <laughs> okay. I ended up filing a lawsuit against the hospital and they're a, they're a university hospital. So, and they were, they were receiving federal funding for medical research at the time. Cause that was in the newspapers about them getting this medical research funding. Um, I try, I found a lawyer to take my case on a Friday when I was trying to file it and come Monday, they wrote me to say, oh, we're not taking on any new cases. So something happened over the weekend <laughs> right. to make them go, oh, we're not going to help this guy. And I wrote them back from a different email address the next day on a Tuesday, and they said, how can we help you? 
They didn't say, oh, we're not taking on any new cases. So it was just me they weren't going to help. DS, why do you think you're being targeted? Do you have any idea? Um, well, uh, I think that this, what's going on here is a citywide problem. And I, I've, I've gotten, uh, you know, different victims have different stories in different cities. But uh, my gang stalking is primarily by four local law enforcement agencies. So... You know, I mean, I had when it when it first went from overt to covert, um, it was it was civilians doing it from the south end of Louisville. Um, but that was just a for a short period. Since then, it, it's everywhere I go. There's police officers from one, you know, from from, uh, you know, one of our four local law enforcement agencies. And I spoke about this in front. I mean, this is how out. I am about this. I spoke in front of our Metro Council about this on May 11th of this year. And I, you know, I basically accused four local police departments and a local government uh, council, uh, a city council, of being involved in organized crime. I mean, that I said that exact thing in front of, you know. Do you have any Metro? Yeah. Did you offer up any 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 material evidence to support your claim? Do you have? Well, they only gave you three minutes to speak in front of the Metro Council, so right. you've got to be real quick about it. Um, I have I have plenty of convincing evidence, and I've even written the ACLU, their national uh, their national office in New York City, about this, and it's a twenty one page, you know, narrative that I wrote to them. Um, and you know, they wrote back and said I wrote them specifically. In, about their national security project, which if you look that up on their website, it's them addressing, you know, uh, surveillance, you know, stuff that Edward Snowden basically, you know, exposed when he uh, when he w- blew the whistle. It's about, you know, being spied on in your privacy of your own home and stuff. Right. So I wrote to them in, in the context of their national security project, and they wrote back to me a one-page letter to my 21-page letter and said, this is beyond the scope of our national security project. So they didn't write back and say, you know, gee, you've lost your mind. <laughs> you know, they just wrote back and basically like, we're like, we're not touching this. Right. Are you okay, in? Now let, let me just tell you one. I mean, it, you know, just to really make it how stark the experience I've had is. Okay. 2014 is when the, the, the uh, overt harassment began. That was when they basically went, let's let this guy know that what's happened to him, you know, in the past, uh, you know, 14 years has been, you know, it's been deliberate. And, uh, you know, it got to the point where I, you know, I'm like, what is going on? I'm losing my mind. You know, there's people show, you know, scream like, uh, you know, someone, I'm bisexual and someone, uh, threw a, a used condom tied shut in my driveway. Someone drove by when I was taking out the garbage and, and yelled sissy at me out their, out their car window. And I've been celibate for over a decade. So that information <laughs> is, hard to come by but nonetheless you know so i made a, a sign that said cointel pro do you know what cointel pro is yes it, it's like it's like mk ultra's you know brother right right <laughs> okay i made a sign that said cointel pro 2.0 is here to ruin the lives of innocent american citizens because i was going to publicly demonstrate with it and i posted a picture of it on my facebook page that day i finished making it and the next night, I'm in a suburb of Louisville, Kentucky, you know, $200,000 houses, you know, right. that are in this neighborhood. It's a nice, clean, respectable area. And the next night after I post that sign on my Facebook page, I pull into my driveway 
and got out of my, my van at the time. I've got a new car since then. And a military helicopter flew right over my house at the moment I stepped out of my van. And I don't mean like there was a, a military helicopter off in the distance next to a cloud. I mean, if my chimney had been 15 feet taller, it would have gotten knocked over. Let me ask you, because there are, there are people listening uh, who, are, who believe they are targeted individuals. What do you say to them? How could, because you sound like, I may be wrong, but it sounds like, you know, you, you sort of got a handle on this and you're dealing with it. How, what would you say to those people that are sort of on the edge and they don't know where to turn? They don't know what to do. Um, well, I would first say to them that I love them and to stay strong. Um, then I would say, you know, the, uh, the, the, the community we've built online is, is, is vast. And, you, you know, it's not just happening to you. You know, if I, can, if I couldn't have found anyone else that this happened to, I would, have, I would have been, you know, on a psychiatrist's couch because <laughs> I would have been just like, what? But um, I would say, you know, this is real. This is happening to you. And I would say get active in, you know, the community other than just your online connecting with other victims. Because I'll tell you, when I spoke in front of the city council on May 11th, and this is, I mean, I'm telling people to do this, and I'm going to say this, but whatever. I know that they don't like us to go public and be out in the public trying to expose this because I spoke in front of the city council. I got a, I got a very loud applause from a, probably 100 people in the audience when I, when I spoke about this behind me, not the Metro Council. The Metro Council sat there quiet like, what's this guy doing? Um, and within a week... I was waking up in a local hospital with a broken back and a shattered L5 vertebrae. Oh, dear. After two days of unconsciousness and no memory whatsoever of what happened to me. DS, I've got to move along here. They broke my back. They shattered my vertebrae because I spoke in front of the local city council about this. DS, thank you. That tells you how much they don't like it. Uh, to say the least. DS, thank you for sharing this. I hope you'll continue to listen and to check in once in a while to let us know how you're doing. Okay. Hey, I appreciate the show. Thank you, Richard. Thank you for sharing. DS in Kentucky. All right, Roger Tolsis on the other side, a private investigator offering up some electronic countermeasures advice. Stay with us here on The Conspiracy Show. In a democracy, we elect officials so we can sleep at night. So why are you up? 416 416- Three six zero zero seven forty, or toll free at one eight six six seven forty four seven forty. Welcome back to the Conspiracy Show. My name is Richard Serrett. Say hello on Twitter at Richard Serrett S Y R E double T. And also, again, just a reminder: please uh, check out the YouTube channel, the Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett, and hit the sub. Scribe button. Uh, Roger Tolsis is a Los Angeles private investigator who specializes in electronic countermeasures. In the past 30 years, he's swept over 2,500 locations for bugs and wiretaps. In recent years, his business has included helping victims of electronic harassment and mind control. Electronic harassment takes place if someone uses any electronic device to aid them in invading your person or property for the purpose of gathering information illegally or for the purpose of causing physical harm. 
Roger uses over $100,000 worth of high-tech equipment to try to identify the source of electronic harassment. Roger, welcome to The Conspiracy Show. Thanks for joining us. Hey, Richard. How you been? Very well, very well. You know, I think we did a show a couple of years ago. I believe I believe you're correct. It has been quite a while. Yeah, it's been quite a while. But, well, uh, this Things aren't better, so here we go. Well, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. I, that was my first question out of the shoot is what uh, has changed in terms of, uh, I mean, is this, is this getting worse, this problem? Are you getting more and more people coming to you as the months and, and years go by? Well, I get between six and ten calls a day from people, you know, brand new calls a day from people that are suffering from electromagnetic attacks and other kinds of covert activity against themselves. And, uh, and of course, I get emails from all over the world. Almost every country in the world has a similar problems going on. And so uh, as long as you're within reach of satellites and other kinds of cell, cell tower transmissions, you know, uh, you're, you're within, within a, a keystroke of being harassed. How are you able to keep up with the technology that the perps are using against these victims uh, in terms of your countermeasures? Well, what we use is an active shield system, which is a, you can see it on my website, on the bugsweeps.com website, on the electronic harassment pages. Basically, what it is, it's an electrostatic field system. We primarily build it around a bed so that people that are being attacked will at least have the ability at night to go in, inside this electromagnetic shelter and be able to sleep because sleep deprivation is one of the key things that the harassers use. And, of course, if you're sleep-deprived, your immune system goes down and you start getting sick. So we primarily, on the, on the shielding systems, um, put it around a bed so that you can restore your sleep. And, of course, we have clients that have them in different locations. Uh, some people are you know, in, in reading chairs and in offices and that kind of thing. So what it does is it's two transmission panels that puts out an electrostatic field and as long as you're between the two panel electro, electromagnetic panels, you're inside an electrostatic egg, so that uh, when outside negative energies attempt to attack your body, you are protected. So it's essentially an electronic version of a Faraday cage. It, yes, it is, and in a sense, it is. Except it's not doing it. It's not doing it by shielding. It's doing it by electromagnetic saturation. In other words. It's a special pulsed um, electromagnetic field that's bio-harmonious to your electromagnetic body's energy. So what we're doing is we're saturating you with bio-harmonious energy, and therefore when the negative stuff attempts to, to, to do the chaos that it does on an, on an attack mind control wave or other kinds of attack waves, it will cause uh, those waves to be diminished because we're already saturating you inside a harmonious electromagnetic field. So, uh, you know, it's not, it's not a shielding system where you're t- t- attempting to attenuate the outside attack wave where, t- where we are saturating the, the person's body in harmonious energy so the, the attack energy doesn't take effect. Is this someone that a victim could could go to Radio Shack and get the equipment and build it for themselves? Or no, no. It's, it, you have to make a specific waveform. You have to you have to remember that the body, human body, is is has about four trillion cells, and and every one of them is like a little battery. So. The main thing is that you want to be around energy fields that are harmonious to that battery and keep the battery charged. 
because as long as your body cells are charged to that healthy level with the right kind of energy, then you're a healthy individual. But as we get older, you know, our electrical charges start to dissipate. And, of course, when your battery runs, when these batteries run all the way down, you're dead. You know, it's just like the battery in your car. You know, one day it, 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 you can't turn the engine over anymore. All right, Roger, we've got to break away for a quick timeout. We'll come back. Roger Tolsis, Los Angeles private investigator. The website is bugsweeps.com. Electronic countermeasures. Stay with us. Poking holes in the darkness. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett. Welcome back to our targeted individual two-hour special. Roger Tolsis is with us from Los Angeles. Private investigator specializes in electronic countermeasures, and his website is bugsweeps.com. Bugsweeps, S-W-E-E-P-S, dot com. Bugsweeps.com. Uh, Roger, so what happens, though, when, when uh, a victim uh, leaves their house? They've got to go to work. They've got to go to the grocery store. What can they do? Uh, to prevent being targeted by some sort of directed energy weapon. Yeah, well, it becomes much more difficult. And uh, you can try passive shielding. There are things like metalized fabrics that you can use to wear inside of hats and inside of clothing that can give you some protection from electromagnetic fields, but nothing is as strong as a active shield. And the other, the other thing about this active shield, you know, this this whole thing about the biology, the electromagnetic biology about human beings right now, you know, we are so, our environments are so saturated with Wi-Fi right. and with uh, cell towers. In other words, when I run a spectrum analysis of, a, of say, let's say I'm sweeping an apartment in the city, if I'm in New York City and I'm sweeping an apartment I, and I run access points, I could probably find in a typical apartment building 60 access points, you know, 60 people that have, uh, you know, Wi-Fi modems that are running so that the whole environment is electromagnetically overloaded with pulsed energy at 2.4 gigahertz right we're swimming in electronic smog where no one's anywhere anywhere any further than 100 meters from a cell a cell tower uh, you've got smart meters around every corner how do you differentiate when you're doing a sweep of someone's home uh, how do you determine if someone is simply electronically sensitive or whether they're actually being targeted. Okay, well, we use we use electronic warfare spectrum analyzers, which can specifically analyze uh, specific frequencies and put you know it's a scope system where you can actually look at the waveform and the modulation and all that. And that's really the machines that you need. They're about sixty thousand dollar machines, and you know you that's what you have to do. You have to actually look and see what kind of uh, waveforms are, are taking place, and then you need the special directional antennas to figure out where it's coming from. Sometimes you have to go out and triangulate things to find out the source of, of where it's coming from. But all these pulsed energies are, are, are completely uh, disharmonious with our brains. In other words, when you look at, at a typical Wi-Fi signal, it's basically a frequency-hopping pulse signal and our brains just don't like that level of interference because as that signal jumps around, it hits resonant frequencies with the different resonant frequencies of our body cells and, and, and puts them into a disruptive, chaotic state. So next thing you know, your brain's not working right. And, of course, once your brain's not working right, then it's interfering with the whole neurological system of the body, you know, all, all the 
thousands and thousands of feet of wiring that we have internally. Uh, are you able, when you go into someone's abode, are you able to determine the source of this directed energy, whether it's, let's say, for example, I know there was a case in New York, and I believe you handled this woman's case, and she ended up being on um, an episode of my television program, where she was being, uh, they were trying, whoever the perps were, they were trying to force her out of her rent control apartment. Right. Um, I mean, are you, could you go in and, and, for example, determine that the source of the, uh, the, 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 the directed energy is, the, you know, the apartment above or across the street? Yes. Yeah, that's exactly what we do. We do that with these electromagnetic warfare spectrum analyzers. We look at the, uh, the, the signal intensity, the power levels. We look at the modulation format. And then we also make measurements on the individual's body to see if that attack is bioresonant. Because what they've done is they use now, uh, and the latest breakthrough for the black ops is that they use bio-coded directed energy. And what they do is they go out to your garbage in front of your house, collect it surreptitiously, get your DNA. Once they have your DNA, they can use supercomputers, and they can biocode transmission signals, harassment signals, so that if, you, if they have your biocode and they fired a weapon system against you, you and I can sit in the same location, and you will get the effect, and I won't because... My DNA is different than yours. Right. They've hacked into your DNA. They, they have, they basically analyze your DNA and they then use supercomputers to encode the signals. So just think of it this way. It's kind of like, let's say you have a cell phone and I have a cell phone and they're the exact same model cell phone. Let's say it's, you know, a, an LG cell phone and you and I have the exact same ones except your phone's programmed to your phone number, and mine is programmed to my phone number. And as those cell phones sit there, they listen to the control channel of the, of the nearest tower. And the control channel is sending out codes so that if somebody wants to call you and they may r ring your number, and that tower will then put out your phone number on, a, on, a, on, the, on the control channel, and once your cell phone sees that control channel number, it wakes up because it rec recognizes that that's the number that it's associated with, and it sends a signal back to the tower saying, I'm over here, send the, send the call through. So it's the encoding that's coming off an, on a microwave link uh, that causes different phones to come alive based on their coding. So the biocoded directed energy is the same thing Except instead of phones, we got human bodies. Are they using cell towers? They're using cell towers and satellites. Now you're an expert in this area. Uh, are you? Have you ever been called as a as a as a witness in a in a court case on behalf of uh, a, a, a TI? Okay. First thing you have to understand is that any TI that's ever taken a case against the government or the government subcontractors have had their case dismissed under national security. There's not been one single case that I know of that didn't get dismissed in that manner. And that was the judge's ruling? This is a matter of national security? Well, the, what, what happens is the agency that you're suing, let's say you're suing the CIA, you're suing the FBI, or some black ops agency, and, uh, or, or their subcontractors, and they will step in and say, tell the judge that it's, that it's a matter of national security and they need it dismissed, and they just rubber stamp that. They just dismiss it. 
in but some no in- one ever has success suing the government. In some instances, though, is this is this uh, perhaps not a government, uh, some psyops or black black ops agency? Is it? Could it be organized crime? Could it be, for example, someone who has come into possession of some of this technology and are simply trying to, you know, maybe they're trying to get even with somebody, uh, an employee, an ex, someone like that? Well, I can only tell you, you can't go down to Radio Shack and get this kind of equipment, especially the bio-coded system, because that requires supercomputers to do those kind of calculations. So you got to be, you know, in order to be doing this kind of stuff, you need to be top-notch technically. There's only one of you, Roger, uh, and there are, who knows, hundreds of thousands of victims across North America. I've heard that number bandied about in the hundreds of thousands. Uh, so and are you training other people? Um, for example, in Canada, I don't know, is there, is there, an, is there a, someone who does what you do up here? Because there are a lot of victims not up here. That, not that I know of. But I'm, and I can't get my equipment into Canada. They won't let me into Canada. So what can, what can those people do? Uh, get the, basically, what gets you stopped is getting yourself inside a shielding system that's successful to where they just can't can't attack you anymore, and they just move on to to the next person. Will they do that if they if they determine that they can't get at you? Will they just stop? That's generally what happens. Sometimes it takes a while, though. You know, it can take it can take up to a year, eighteen months in some cases. What about organized stalking? Is there anything that you advise people to do? Uh, are there are there any countermeasures that they can take if uh, they're being subjected to um, surveillance or, or uh, let's say, for example, street theater? Do you deal with yeah, that at well, all? Well, the main thing on, on that is always carry a camera with you that has the ability to have somewhat of a zoom because all these perpetrators are they are uh, told that that, they'll, that they should never get their picture taken. So one way to tell whether you actually have a stalker and, and, and that kind of problem is just keep your camera handy, keep it around your neck inside your clothing, and then if somebody looks weird, just take your camera out. And if they turn around and run for the exits, then you know you have, you have that kind of problem because they're, they're instructed, never get your picture taken. And how do you know this? Have you, have, you, have you been in communication with whistleblowers, people that used to work for these agencies? Uh, no, no. Most of, most of the information I got technically was from the Russian spies that had spied on our black, black ops. Figured out what was going on. And then when when the Soviet Union collapsed, they came they came across and and gave the secrets of the spying, uh, made some of it public. I had had Ru- Ru- I had to have Russian information translated to find out these things. Where is this all headed, Roger? I mean, if this is an experiment. Where are they going with this? Well, you know, you have to remember that the, that that the new world order wants ultimate control. Right now, they they have excellent control because, as an example, here in the, in the United States, we're basically all slaves on on the corporate plantation USA. Because if you're an average individual and you're making fifteen dollars an hour, when you get a Federal Reserve note for your compensation. You know, let's say you you work six hours, you get about a hundred hundred dollars in currency. The Federal Reserve in the United States prints that hundred dollar bill for fifteen cents, and yet you honor it as a hundred dollars in your labor and your savings. So if you translate that, that means that they paid you two cents an hour 
for the $100 bill that they paid you. Do you follow me on the right. numbers? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're really making $0.02 cents an hour on Plantation United States, and you're probably doing something similar in Plantation Canada. So we're all really slaves on the, on the Federal Reserve, on the, on the United States Corporation, being compensated at $0.02 cents an hour. Because when you accept that piece of paper that's backed by nothing, then you are accepting $100 as $100 in your labor and in your savings. But in fact, the government made it for $0.15, and that's how they fund everything. So as long as they can keep all that going and, and, and the people don't see that the emperor has no clothes, they don't have a problem with the people. But at some point, the people are going to realize that the emperor's got no clothes, that that's a 15-cent piece of paper, and that's when the mind control stuff has got to be prepared and ready to roll. So, I mean, I I believe it was um, Ohio Representative Dennis Kucinich a number of years ago uh, tried to work uh, something into a a House bill that addressed uh, this, this issue. That that part of the bill was, I guess, sort of expunged. Uh, so, I mean, are there other Dennis Kuciniches out there who are willing to to pick up the mantle and fight this thing in Washington? Not that I know of. So, I mean, it's a pretty bleak prospect. This is only going to get ramped up uh, until what? Eventually, we're all being targeted. Well, you know, the thing about it is that we all are. We all are becoming unhealthy relating to the overall electromagnetic pollution. You know, not not so much the stuff that's, that's covert black ops attacks, but just the overall pollution is is such that none of us are going to be in very good uh, mental mental health or physical health any longer once things get that saturated to these levels. So I, you know, I, t- I tend to try myself to stay away from centers of cities these days where all this electromagnetic saturation is taking place because it's just plain unhealthy. Uh, Roger, uh, people can get a hold of you through the website? Yeah, bugsweeps.com. All right. That's my website. Roger, thank you so much for taking the time. I appreciate it. Okay, Richard, we'll talk to you again sometime. I hope so. Roger Tolsis, bugsweeps.com. My thanks to uh, Will Power, Albert Venzel, Ryan White, all of you for listening at home. Back next week with a brand new program. Dave Schrader, my colleague from Coast to Coast, and Darkness Radio will be here, as well as Derek Gil- uh, Gilbert from Skywatch TV. We'll talk about asteroid impact coming in 2029, perhaps. And uh, all that and much more, our panel, of course. In the meantime, don't be afraid. There's nothing concealed that won't be revealed and nothing hidden that won't be made known. What you hear in the dark, speak in the light. What I say in a whisper, proclaim from the housetops. Move over, Aphrodite. I'm coming home. Good night. Thank you.